I'm not going to go to the parsha this week, although it is a continuation of Moses recounting the travels, the journeys of the children of Israel. But I'm going to talk about this morning something that's it's, it's always been an important and pressing matter. But of late, it seems to have resurfaced again. And we need to understand what's going on. The res- th- this message is a result of a recent paper I did uh, for my, my course in pursuing my ordination from the IMCS. And the topic was the growing problem of replacement theology. So that was my yeshiva topic. Wow. You know, I could have said maybe 10, 20 years ago, I would have considered it a growing problem, but it's still growing, even today. The title of the message, for those that didn't look at the bulletin this morning, is The Church Has Replaced Israel. And I intentionally left that as a statement rather than a question, to provoke a little thought. So most of this is from my paper, with a few additions that I I wish I had taken a little more time to prepare it, because I would have included those as well. But, be that as it may, the growing problem of replacement theology. How many have heard of replacement theology, and know what it is, and what it's about? It's It's the basic concept that Israel has been replaced by the church. The church is now Israel. Well, I have a couple of questions as we launch into this topic of replacement theology. What or who did the replacing? And why has it become and does it continue to be a problem? Now, over the years, there's a lot that's been said about the whole topic of replacement theology. Now, fortunately, I guess you say for me, in my experience, I was blessed that I came to faith under Yeshua, under the leadership of a pastor who was very pro-Israel and that I would consider biblically rooted. So I was never exposed in my church attendance to this whole concept that This church has now become Israel. That wasn't taught to me. In those earlier years, for me as a believer, of course I heard many messages. TV, radio especially. And occasionally when I would go visit somewhere else, another church, I would hear about it. They would promote that idea that God has replaced Israel for their disobedience. And that the church has somehow now become the new Israel. Now, again, being blessed with sound doctrine and leadership, I found it extremely difficult as well as disturbing that anyone could possibly believe that. But I have a couple of excerpts from a couple of church doctrines. This is from, I won't name the churches, but they are online if you want to look them up. But one of the churches, within their articles of faith 
and doctrine says this. We believe that all Israelites should be churched and live in accountability to the spiritual government of the church. They continue with regard to Israel by saying, we believe that biblical genetic Israel in Jesus Christ is the church. Identified among the Anglo-Saxon, Celtic, Scandinavian, Germanic, and kindred people of the world. Wow, that is their published doctrine and article of faith. Well, there's another one that says, the Catholic Church is the kingdom of God on earth. The new Israel. They cite what Yeshua said in Matthew 21, 43, saying that he was taking the kingdom away from Israel. Read it for yourself and see, was he taking the kingdom away from Israel? And he was giving it to another nation who would produce the fruits of it, namely the Catholic Church. That's in their doctrine. That's published by them. That's the Catholic Church saying that they are the new Israel. Now, let's cut to the quick. I'm of the belief that statements like those are tantamount to anti-Semitism. Plain and simple. Because they deny the biblically inherent right of the Jewish people to the promises of God. Notwithstanding the land of Israel itself. Just last month, there was one Messianic congregation that was asked to move out by the board of a Christian church two days after their pastor resigned. The board said, quote, they didn't want a Jewish group using their facility. It's still happening today. Anti-Semitism in our own country. Within Scripture, there's never been a reference to the church or any other entity being identified as the new Israel. It's nothing more than a man-made doctrine which has no factual basis and can only continue to advance the confusion of not only Gentile believers, but Jewish unbelievers who refuse to accept Yeshua as their Messiah because they would be giving up being Jewish. Because there's this parallel. When a Jewish person comes to faith in the church, oftentimes they are told that they're no longer Jewish, but they're now Christians. This is where I believe that the Messianic congregations face huge hurdles. Because we become identified as Christians, which has left a bad taste in the mouths of some Jewish people for decades. From the Crusades to the Holocaust and to the present time where Jewish identity is challenged whenever it's discovered that there has been an acceptance of Yeshua as their promised Messiah. A big problem, in my opinion, rests on the whole grafting in concept that Rav Shaul talks about in Romans chapter 11. He starts that chapter saying that God has not rejected his people. As many who adhere to replacement theology would claim he did. Because according to those who advanced the concept of replacement theology, Yeshua, 
John, Paul, they all created a new religion. And it was Christianity. It was the church. See, later on in that same chapter, Shaul clearly explains that the Gentiles were grafted in where the natural branches were broken off. So my question is this. What are they grafted into? An existing vine. One with Israel as the root. Nothing has changed in God's plan. Do you think an almighty God who knows all, sees all, He created everything there is, couldn't look forward to 2017 and still know how some of the Israelites or of today, the Jews of today, would be? Do you think He would not have made a plan in the Torah to say, oh, in the future, there will be an entity known as the church which will take over as the new Israel? I think He would have said that. So it's an existing vine. It's not a new entity. It's not the church. He goes on to say that if those branches were broken off, come to faith in Messiah, guess what? They're going to be grafted back in. What? To the original vine. Again, the vine of Israel. He continues by emphasizing that there's a blindness that is only temporary. And he says that all Israel will be saved. And that the gifts and callings of God are irrevocable. That means they can't be changed. Who can change what God established except God himself? If God spoke right now to us in this room and said, I've given up on Israel, I've given up the Jewish people, the church is now... Israel, I would question whether or not that was God. He hasn't done it up until now. I don't have, don't see him having any reason to do it now or after this. But if Israel has been replaced, why would there be a need of grafting in the Gentiles into the vine? The church fathers have for many years, exhibited this disdain for anything Jewish. While at the same time, check this out, they actually embrace a very Jewish Messiah. They don't acknowledge him as being Jewish, but we all know he is Jewish. They embrace the Messiah who is Jewish. How can they ignore the fa- that fact is what mind-boggling to me. In Acts chapter 13, verse 5, we see that Shaul said, as it said, Shaul began to proclaim the word of God in the Jewish synagogues. Wait a minute. So if Paul established something new, if Paul has created a whole new religion, if Paul is no longer Jewish, which we know he isn't because he's established that as well, then if they've been replaced... Why would he waste his time and energy preaching to them? And after proclaiming the good news in Antioch and meeting with opposition by some of the Jews there, Shaul says in chapter 
13.46 of Acts, it was necessary for the word of God to be spoken to you first. Since you reject and judge yourselves unfit for eternal life, behold, we turn to the Gentiles. So it was only after he spoke to his fellow Jewish people that he turned and spoke to the Gentiles. Much as it is today with Messianic Jewish congregations. Messianic congregations' primary goal is to reach out to the lost sheep of the children of Israel. And also to the Gentiles. That's why we are a mixed breed, if you will. We have Jews and Gentiles worshiping the Jewish Messiah together. It's important to note that it wasn't all of the Jewish people that were rejecting the gospel. Only a few. Now, it may be a growing number today, but it's still not all Jewish people. But then and only then is when Shaul turned his attention to the Gentiles. And he focused on drawing them to Messiah. I think it's also important to remember that the disciples of Yeshua, as well as all those that were gathered for the Feast of Shavuot in chapter 2, were Jewish. And they may have come from various places, but they were all Jewish. So what does God say about his chosen people? When Jeremiah chapter 31, beginning at verse 30, we read, Behold, days are coming. It is a declaration of Adonai. When I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not like the covenant I made with their fathers in the day I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, for they broke my covenant, though I was a husband to them. It is a declaration of Adonai. But this is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after those days. It is a declaration of Adonai. I will. Natati et Torati. Put my Torah within them. Hold that thought. Hold your place if you're following along. What is he putting on their hearts and within them? His Torah. Has his Torah ever changed? No. His Torah remains fast. Remember, Jeremiah received this from the Lord well after the the Torah was written. He could have easily told Jeremiah that, oh, that that Torah that I had Moses write, forget about it. I'm going to create a new thing. But he didn't. He said, I'm going to write, put my Torah within them. Yes, I will write it on their heart. I will be their God, and they will be my people. No longer will each teach his neighbor or each his brother, saying, No Adonai, for they will all know me, from the least of them to the greatest. It is a declaration of Adonai. For I will forgive their iniquity, their sin I will remember no more. Okay, so Israel sinned. They're partially blinded. But God promises that he's going to heal them of that. And he's going to forgive them of their iniquity. He doesn't say, well, because you sinned against me, I'm going to find a whole new group of people that will not sin against me. First of all, is that even possible? It's not. So God is telling the prophet Jeremiah that the new covenant he will make will not be with 
his, will not only be with his people Israel, but it will not be something new that's been contrived by some of the church fathers. But through the writing of his Torah on their hearts. But then Jeremiah continues saying, there's only one way Israel will be cut off. And that begins at verse 34. Thus says Adonai, who gives the sun as light by day, and the fixed order of the moon and the stars as light by night, who stirs up the sea so its waves roar. Adonai Tsevaot is his name. Only if this fixed order, the sun, the moon, the stars, if this fixed order departs before me, it's a declaration of Adonai. He says only then that Israel's offspring will cease to be a nation before me, before me for all time. So thus says Adonai, only if heaven above can be measured and the foundations of the earth searched out beneath, then also I will cast off the offspring of Israel for all they have done. It is a declaration of Adonai. Can you measure the expanse of the sky? Because I can't. Of all the scientists and everything that are out there, it's impossible for them to stri- count the distance from universe to universe. They may be able to tell how far it is from planet to planet at a given time. Of course, even they get closer at certain times and further away at other times. If the sun disappears, if the moon disappears, if the stars disappear, okay, he's going to replace Israel as his chosen people. I haven't seen that happen, have you? Even during eclipses, the sun and the moon reappear. It's not like it's permanent. So nobody can or ever will be able to measure all the creation of God. Therefore, Israel has not been replaced. It's not now replaced, and it never will be replaced. Again, God declared it. And as if we didn't fully understand what the, the rendition that Jeremiah gave of what God was saying, we have another prophet, Ezekiel. Ezekiel chapter 11, beginning of verse 17, he says, Therefore say thus, says Adonai Elohim, I will gather you from the peoples and collect you out of the countries where you have been scattered, and I will give you the land of Israel. Who's he talking to? He's talking to the Israelites. He's talking to B'nai Israel. He's not talking to the Gentiles. When they come there, they will remove all of its detestable things and all of its abominations. Then I will give them one heart. I will put a new spirit within them. I will remove the heart of stone from their flesh and give them a heart of flesh so that they may follow. Follow what? My laws keep what? My ordinances and practice them. They will be my people and I will be their God. And again, Ezekiel says in chapter 36, beginning of verse 24, For I will take you from the nations, gather you out of all the countries, and bring you back to your own land. Then I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean from all your uncleanness and from all your idols. Moreover, I will give you a new heart. I will put a new spirit within you. 
I will remove the stony heart from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my ruach within you. Then I will cause you to, again, what? Walk in my laws so that you will keep my rulings and do them. Then you will live in the land that I gave to your fathers. You will be my people and I will be your God. God continues throughout the Torah and throughout the prophets to speak to his chosen people and remind them that they have the promise of the land of Israel. The land of Israel has not been taken over by the church. The land of Israel has not been taken over by some other entity that God did not create to be in charge, to populate that land. To cleanse that land. If God said it, then He's going to do it. I referred to this that bumper sticker before. That God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. Well, whether or not I believe it, it's still settled because God said it. God does not change His mind like we change our minds sometimes. God has clearly stated that Israel, the Jewish people, are His chosen people and that the land of Israel belongs to them. This word belongs to them. Finally, if we all believe and understand what the writer of the book of Hebrews said, that Yeshua is the same yesterday, today, and forever, how can we possibly believe or even fathom that God would forsake His chosen people and replace them with any new entity, especially one called the church? Now, have I said that anything's wrong with the church? No. I simply am saying the church has not replaced Israel as God's chosen people. The church doesn't replace Israel something that God established long ago before the church fathers were even around God said it so God will do it God will accomplish it he will bring his people back he will save his people Israel and he will deliver them from this anti-semitism that exists in our world today some some refer to it as a supersessionism and, and that's what it is when you try to supersede something that's already established. Well, supersessionism happens a lot in business. But guess what? The only way supersessionism can work in God's world is somebody has to supersede God. Somebody has to be greater than God. Now I know that there are certain groups, if you will, that would claim that their leader is God. Okay, he's their God. He's not my God. I've said it before and I say it again. Anyone besides the true and living God is a non-God. I don't care what your name is. I don't care what your background is. You are not a God. There is only one. Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, I just pray that you would continue to teach us and lead us and guide us in your truth. I pray that we would all understand this concept of replacement theology and supersessionism and anti-Semitism so that we can combat those we come in contact with 
that espouse those views. You are the truth. You are the one and only true and living God. And we honor and worship you and you alone. Your word tells us who you are. Your word tells us who we are. Your word tells us who your chosen people are. And your word does not change. Your word is not fallible. But your word is truth. Your word is justice. Let us be aware of these things, Lord. Let us see through the cloaks that are presented to us sometimes that hide the identity or the message of those that would come against Your people. They would hide the identity of who they believe is the true living, true and living God as we do. Thank You, Lord, for Your strength, Your mercy, and Your guidance in each and every step of the things we do. In Yeshua's name. Amen.